turned on by this character, and then when he became himself, it was like, Ooh. oh, really? It's like my boner was gone. Like after we were just talking about how hot he was to begin with, he so. is. But I'm not. Attr- but just because he's aesthetically pleasing doesn't mean I'm attracted to him. Oh. There has to be something more than just being aesthetically pleasing. I'm not a man. This is High Decibels. Live music recaps in New York City and beyond. God damn, my audio is high today, and I just blew out my ears. Uh, it's okay, you got two of them. With that music. Well, I know, and it blew out both. Hey, you people. You're listening to High Decibels, an NYC-based live music podcast. We check out the artists we love at New York City venues and beyond and report back to you. I'm Marlia. And I'm James, and this song is Girl by Jukebox the Ghost, who Mar saw at Webster Hall on Saturday, October 26th, and who we'll be talking about today. But before that, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit, at High Decibels Pod, for clips, pics, discussions, and more. Also look for us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Products, and subscribe, follow, rate, and review, please. Apple Podcasts. I thought I said Apple Podcasts. I think you said products. Products? Yeah, whatever. I'm stumbling a little bit today. Nah. All right. Well, nobody's gonna... perfect. We're all flawed human beings. Yeah. But just just God. so everyone knows, uh, don't uh, make sure make sure you go to Apple Podcasts because if you go to Apple Products on your phone, it's gonna be a lot of them. It'll be confusing. True. Uh, yeah. So listen, um, I am the only one who went to this show again, and initially. Uh, the plan was for James to go to this show, and, and I guess myself, I'd like to think. Uh, you were on the docket. The short list. I was say. somewhere on the dance card. <laughs> let's say. I'd like to think so. I the mean, short list. I earned my keep. But as it were, James was out of town. And so, sure uh, so James had covered these tickets. And so, uh, technically speaking, really, James uh, executive produced. Oh, this yeah. episode. Yeah, that's what we're going with, at least. Not that I, you know, had already bought tickets and then changed my plans and couldn't sell them and just kind of had to give them to somebody or anything. But, but executive th- produce sounds way better. But at the end of the day, that is the thing that happened. True. And, uh, you know, uh, that's not the first time that James has uh, has done that. And so I would like to say thank you, James, first, well, thank you. For, first off for that. Um, and it should be said, thank you, Marlia Handles, most if not all of the editing duties the, all of the editing duties because uh, I don't have the equipment for it don't know how the hell to do it so she's got all of that so fair trade off I would say so yeah if you don't like the shows you can blame James and if you don't like the way um, the concerts you can blame James if you don't like the way the episodes are put together I guess that blame me I yeah guess, I don't know. but if, if you don't like the concerts then you don't like good music so i don't care about your opinion so all right cheers <laughs> if you don't like the way the show is put together you can blow me um but that being said yes yeah, so uh we put a lot into this yes we sometimes have uh guests and that sort of thing but we put a lot into this and uh you know we would really like to have the opportunity to to do more if we could and so we're putting this out there. We came up with this idea where we thought we would propose to you, the listeners, if there is a show that you would like us to cover in the future, we're going to say like 
mid-December on because we're pretty much booked up till then. But there's a show that you would like us to cover. You would like us to report on. Maybe you can't make the show. Uh, maybe, maybe you can make it and just want and you somebody to talk about it social for the public. Right, you know, or maybe you have social anxiety you're not going. Or maybe you live in Iowa and, and it's hard to really catch any band you like. Or... Maybe you would like to be a guest on the pod sometime if we're going to be super frisky about this. I don't know. But in any case, what we're getting at here is that uh, if there is a show that you would like us to cover, we're down to do that. We can give you the opportunity to be executive producer. Yes, you would be responsible for making sure that we have the tickets. Is what we're getting at. Because that's what executive producing is. Uh, You would get the tick. You would be obviously providing these tickets we're open to seeing just about anything really i mean i would say the biggest caveat is making sure it uh doesn't conflict with our existing concert schedule but um honestly that that shouldn't be too much of a problem especially going from uh mid-december on and as james was saying about the guesting thing you know wherever you are like if 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 you don't have to but if you want to uh, we we're happy to like Skype you in. Yep, I was about to say technology is a thing. It's totally possible. We're happy to Skype you in, and you can ask us whatever questions you want. And if you were at the show, provide your own feedback or, or whatever you want to do. So we're just putting that out there that that is something that uh, we're willing to offer. And if you are so interested in something like that. Uh, our email again is high decibels podcast at gmail.com. You can also slide into our DMs at high decibels pod on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, or, or on our Twitter. Uh, you can find us. If there's a show you want us to cover, let us know. Okay. And or if you'd still like those credits, and I, I already have tickets to this show, and you know, you'd like to help out with that a little bit, we'll still give you a shout out as an executive producer. Yeah, we could definitely do that. But you know what? Just, just get in touch with us, and we'll see what we can do about that. But in the meantime, we have a show to talk about that I was at. Okay. So I went to see Jukebox the Ghost. And uh, this was a very special edition of a Jukebox Ghost show because around Halloween time, and they've done it a few times now, Jukebox the Ghost does a show where they do one set as themselves and their music, and the other set, they do a costume change, and they come on as queen, and they do queen songs. Do they do them well? You betcha. It's real popular. Uh, The fans love it. Uh, They really do great renditions, and um, this was because Halloween, it was a uh, costume party, and so I showed up again in that uh, Robin Ice Cream Girl Stranger Things outfit, because I'm going to stretch that damn thing for all it's worth. It's all right. That's a little more reasonable during uh, Halloween time. It's not like Victorian England where you can't wear the same dress two nights in a row, so... Yeah, and if you find, you know, three other girls wearing the same fucking costume as you. Oh, did you? Oh, you know, it happens. I mean, listen, it's 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 a pretty popular character as far as, like, it's funny because it's, like, a lot of people I will tell about it and they'll be like, I don't know because I just haven't seen it. But mm. for all those people that are, like, IDK, uh, I certainly ran into a fair share of people. In the ice cream uniform, which is fine. I mean, I kind of expected that to happen. The only thing I'm sad about is that, if you're familiar with this show, you know Robin is uh, the buddy of Steve and who also wears the dorky outfit. I just wish I had a Steve. Oh, well. That's I'm sure Steve's were far less common than uh, Robin's. That 
The, I saw, you know what? I saw a fair amount of Steves. I'll actually, yeah, yeah, duos. And I'll get into that later. But, you know, that's the only part that I'm kind of like, you know, bummer. It would mm. be, ni- it would be mm. nice to, to have a, a, a dorky friend that uh, James is out. It's like Captain I'm America out. for the next 12 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I splurged last year. Uh, there were other reasons for it, but the long and short of it is I splurged on a, well, I won't say uh, breaking the bank costume, but a rather high-end costume for Captain America, and that's sort of going to be my costume for the next couple years because of that, which I'm not complaining about because it's a sick costume and everybody loves it. So, But if you hadn't bought it, would you have been Steve? No. Yeah, I can't. There's, there's outside reasons for that, though. Well, what's wrong with it? The sailor thing. Oh, really? Yeah. They're just ice cream employees, and they hate working there. It's all right. Wha- Listen, it's a pride thing. We wow. won't get into it. I need some kind of privacy. Huh. But let's just say that's a major hang-up for me. Ain't that some shit? Okay. Uh, I, I, you guys don't get it, but I get it, and that's what matters. Um, so I don't feel as bad as this. Um, all right. Anyway, so I wore that. Uh, it was a nice night. Get to the venue. The venue is Webster Hall. Uh, it was, I was very pleased to see that marquee that said sold out. I don't know why I always get like a little bit of jollies from every time I see a sold out sign. I feel like I'm somewhere, you know what I mean? Like I'm somewhere cool. Yeah, you're welcome for that as being the guy that actually waited for like the tickets to come on sale so I could jump on them early. So I yeah, apparently it sold, sold out, out fast. So I know it sold out fast because I'm one of the people that helped it sell out awfully fast. You were thanked. I know. For the record, all uh, a lot of these concerts out here, especially bigger name concerts, sell out really, really fast. So if you're somebody in New York and you like to find concerts, uh, get jump on them really, really early. Track them. Find out when they come for sale. Just wait. It's usually at like 10 o'clock. Go to the bathroom or something. Wait for them to come on sale. Buy them right away. Otherwise, they might sell out super quick. Right. Um, but that's a, a tangent. You just never know. But okay, so this being a, a sold out show, which I don't think I realized that it was or I would have shown up a little bit earlier. That being said, uh, I believe I showed up 15 minutes after doors and I did get into row four, which isn't too bad. But that's I, pretty solid. But I, I would have liked to have been front row for this. Um for like filming reasons and such but that's okay row four was pretty good um the line was pretty long it stretched around the block as it does for a webster hall show um but that being said things moved pretty quickly and efficiently my bag was searched but there was no bullshit so that was awesome uh webster hall is part of the bowery presents network right okay yeah it's one of the many the bowery presents venue network okay so bowery presents is like one big company that has like kind of runs all of these venues and is Bowery presents like essentially like what live nation was and that they are also like the promoters of what's going on at these venues. Uh, Definitely because you go to all the different Bowery venues in New York and they're, they're advertising for the other ones. So right. Okay. So they're advertising for like you, you'll buy your tickets through like, what did Ticket I use? Ticketmaster, usually. Did I use Ticketmaster? What is AXS? AXS or something. It's a separate one. It's just another site to buy shit off that usually goes through Ticketmaster. Anyway. But, but they're not scam. promoting. That's just like ticketing. Yeah, that's just ticketing. Okay. So anyway, um, uh, so it's part of the Bari uh, Presents Venue Network, and it was recently remodeled, so it looks exactly like the Gramercy Theater, which is also part of the Bari Presents Venue. And if you don't know what that looks like... Um, Check Music Hall of Williamsburg, try check, that one. Yeah, check out, yeah, pretty much check out uh, any picture of any of those inside of those theaters. I um, will say it's not as bad as the other ones. For those who don't know, um, Webster Hall is a, a very old venue. It's been known they used to do 
balls back in the 30s. It's been around for forever. Uh, it's a real mainstay of New York City. Uh, like Marcetta recently got remodeled because, frankly, it kind of needed to. It was getting really, really run down. Got bought out by the Bowery. It was supposed to totally close down, but instead they fixed it up. Reopened it, what, a year ago, if that? Eight months or so? Pretty recently. Um, fix it up, but now, unfortunately, yeah, it does have a similar vibe to some of the other stuff. But I'm going to argue with you here, Mar, because I have been back several times since the reopening, and I don't think it's as bad as you have claimed it to be. Now, granted, you went there far more than I did in the older one, and I will admit that it lost some of its charm, but I don't think it's that bad. So Webster Hall used to be sort of like the combination of an old haunted castle and... But it's not really that anymore, unfortunately. They modernize it and it's yeah. clean now. Okay? Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I can tell you right now, anytime we do a show at uh, Webster Hall or Warsaw, that song is going to be played at some point during the episode because they have that vibe, that old Hollywood dance hall vibe that I like. Or at least Webster Hall used to. Okay, so yeah, now, now... it's actually clean. Now, okay, so now it's... Um, homogenous and looking like those other venues in my opinion basically what we've got is this burgundy brown and gold ugly color scheme um, and fairly devoid of character um, that's listen I remember what Webster Hall used to be like it was just like back in my day in my day no but it was just it really was it was just like this like it really did it had this dance hall feel to it but it also had sort of like a a good gothic feel to it as well not gothic like goth but like like the gothic and um with three c's <laughs> sometimes oh uh, yeah sometimes depending, depending, on, the act de there, depending yeah. on who the act was yeah. and i wouldn't complain yeah um but again for the record i i don't think it's really it's lost that much of its charm i think it looks more or less not that different. Um, and the sound system and light system are way, way better. So. But, you know, these days, let me put it to you this way. It used to be Webster Hall was, like, the host of uh, the exotic erotic ball, which I attended. I'm sure you did. Uh, in um, uh, painted on latex. Latex paint. Yeah, that was my outfit. And, and a uh, thong. Um, the, you would never Cloth. find, so you would never find anything. <laughs> anything. Well, I don't really wear like thongs anymore anyway, but, uh, you won't find something like that now at, at, at that venue. It's not that kind of place anymore, which is kind of a darn shame. Um, but anyway, so maybe I am being just a bit harsh, but you have to remember this venue used to be so unique. Um, and it just it the, the, the spooky castle thing it's just like that 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 is pretty much gone and i'm walking to these venues i'm walking to william music hall of williams i'm walking gramercy theater I'm walking to barry borough and really they're all looking the same to me and i just it's like it's feels I like a agree. change i agree those all look the same i just don't think webster hall looks quite like those other ones but yes those are the, the specifically the ones that always come to mind are gramercy theater barry ballroom music hall, uh, hall of williamsburg are all exactly the same you get your downstairs you walk up to the little uh uh, you walk up to the little stage area and you walk down all the way down to a basement with a coat. It's all exactly the same in all of those. But I, I disagree that Webster Hall is quite that bad. That's it. Next year for Halloween, uh, I am going to wear a burgundy and brown and gold dress. Do you? And act really basic. 
And people were like, what are you? I'd be like, I'm a Bowery Presents Theater. Ha! <laughs> Basic and boring. Um, okay. So also, too, I think they cut down the audience space a little bit. I feel like I, I definitely. They definitely moved in. Yeah, you are I right about that. They moved in that bar a little bit. They made it smaller. I definitely remember it being bigger. Whatever. Um, I listen. It's still worth seeing a show there. I know they had to fix her up because the old gal was falling apart. Do we feminize buildings like we do ships? I don't know. I do. Anyway, the old gal was falling apart, so they had to fix her. But I thought they'd retain a little bit more of the original look besides some like token exposed brick and iron work on the walls here and there. But anyway, uh, there's an upper balcony, which I debated because we haven't watched a show that way yet. Uh, from the balcony, but the fourth uh, row on the floor was just too tempting. But one of these times, we really should we should do. Yeah, it's just tough because I really like being in a crowd. If they're not douchebags, uh, granted. Yeah. But, but yeah, I kind of feed off the crowd. I as long and short, so it's a little tough for me to. It's got to be a band that I don't want to sound like that but it's got to be a band that i don't really super like love because i'd rather be in a crowd for something like that you know what i mean like maybe but, uh, for one of those soundtrack things right true yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> where you're not going to be dancing anyway and there's right. no energy. rather lean up against the post where there is no co- crowd energy yeah. you may as well be in the balcony um okay the merch line was really long uh, i did not go into it um so i'm guessing people based on seeing that are super super into this band super fans and i wasn't Definitely. but that was the first sign uh i didn't drink um but you can imagine drinks here are a pretty penny like i've been there plenty of times and it's manhattan prices not honestly. as bad it's a as little m- bit more expensive than what we would normally say is a brooklyn place like our warsaw but not as bad as the garden Steel. no of course not something like the garden but uh I'd say it take you know about two two bucks more than what you'd expect in like a brooklyn spot it's really not Terrible, yeah. all things considered. But yeah, service. It's standard for yeah. what you'd expect in Manhattan. Service seems to be pretty good, though. So right. they're, they're moving things along. A bunch uh, of different uh, bars and everything. Yes. I know that much. Uh, there's like, generally, I don't know if they open that one all the way to the side. Yes. That's sometimes not open. So there's usually. Um, all hands are on deck for this good sold stuff. Out show. Yeah, that does sound, yeah, probably a big one considering it's a Halloween event, too. But for those who haven't been, the actual dance floor itself has two. Uh, bars on the floor and there's another one kind of off to the side towards the stairs where you get up there and there's another bar at the bottom and I haven't really been on the second floor but I believe there's at least one more up there yes, so there there's a lot of options to get your drinks it's usually not that tough to grab a drink real quick and then come back yeah oh. so uh, I didn't because I, I don't know just didn't just wasn't wasn't in the mood I had, I had other things going on uh, anyway so get there great got settled in row four um uh, venue music, venue, venue in, in, in interludes. What do I don't even call, what do we call these things? I don't like calling it house music. Cause yeah, because it, it like reminds you like of the genre. The genre, that's not what's happening, but it is the house. That's what we call theaters. We call them the house. We'll say venue, the venue music. It was fun. I mean, it was what you would have expected. It was a combo of like Halloween-y music, like the Adams Family. Oh, sure. Which people really got into that was cute. Uh, and like, you know, the song Spooky Little Girl, like, Love is kind of crazy with a spooky little girl. Sure. You know that one? Yeah. So, uh, but covered by some random female punk band, which was kind of neat. Uh, and that was mixed in with some, oh, here we go. Here's my f- here's my favorite word. Some tangentially. No, close. Tangentially related. There you go. Halloween appropriate music. 
like Iron Maiden. Ah, okay. It's a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, you know, I'm looking around. Stage decor is like pretty cool. They have these like two really big blown up pumpkins and like string lights and, you know, it's cute. They, they did mm. a, good, a good good job decorating the stage for like the, the Halloween theme. Um, crowd was very nice. Uh, I would say this was, again, this was a younger crowd. Um, not the most diverse crowd. Um, but friendly, mm-hmm. you know, like very high energy. Mm-hmm. It um, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I would say maybe about 35% in costume. That's it. I'm and a little disappointed. 35 to, hear that, to four, Yeah, on. not as many people in costume as I would Step have expected. Step up New York City. Come on. But some of the costumes that were there were like pretty great, uh, which I'll talk about in a little while because that becomes relevant. So, okay. So, uh, I didn't know there was an opener because, once again, surprise, surprise, that wasn't listed. Uh, but there was. And so this young man comes on stage uh, looking like Harry Potter gone platinum blonde is the best. I was like, nice. And who and who is this? Uh, now, thankfully, this time, and you know, I'm going to play. I'm going to have playing underneath here. I'm going to I'm going to kick this off with a cover song that uh, that Zach Jones and the Tricky Bits did. Not because their original music isn't good, but quite honestly, they didn't get very, very many good recordings or whatever for some reason of their original stuff. So right now you're hearing a uh, cover that I'm sure you all recognize. Yep, Here's yep. what happened. Rip in peace, Zach, Zach Jones and the Tricky Bits, they opened up with an original song. Now, like I said, I knew who they were right away. You want to know why? Because the vocal mix didn't fucking suck. Oh, there you go. I heard them crystal clear. None of this like, what? Who are you? Mm. Can't hear. Yeah, as I briefly mentioned before, one of the big improvements at Webster Hall is the sound and light system is way better than it used to be. Yeah, the the sound was very. That's a plus. Don't complain about that. I can't tell you how many times I cannot fucking hear the vocals. Not a problem. Crystal clear. I could hear him so well. And this goes for the rest of the concert. Um, but yeah, so he's, I'm Zach Jones and the Tricky Bits. Obviously, I did never heard of this band. Um, they're Brooklyn based and, uh, the every, pretty much, and I really liked this. I I don't see it very often. Usually openers are just kind of launch in from song to song, unless for whatever reason they want to see what it is. Zach pretty much told us the title of every song before he sang it, which was awesome because I was like, okay, great. Now I know. Follow along. Right. Um, I wish I had gotten better recordings, but for whatever reason, I got really caught up in his covers, and here's why. Uh, Zach Jones and the Tricky Bits, uh, which is, let's see, we got Zach Jones. I'm so sorry. I did not write down the names of these band members. We've got uh, a guy named Dave on drums, a guy named Oscar on guitar, bass. I could not type fast enough to get that name. I'm sorry. Shout out Dave Oscar and that guy on bass. Dave. Oh, the hair on Dave. Mm. Wow. What a head of hair on that guy. Call that a head of lettuce. Uh, he looked fantastic. And then there was a guy named Patrick uh, on piano, uh, who um, did something I'd never seen before. Um, he had a synthesizer above his piano, which, okay. And sometimes you play your synth, and sometimes you play your piano, which, okay. But have you ever seen somebody play the synth with the one hand and the, and the piano with the other hand at the same time? I've never seen that. Absolutely. I've seen that before. I've seen it with two synths. 
One hand on each one. Why is that necessary? It seems a bit showy. Well, I mean, if you're trying to do two different lines with two different effects on them. I guess. Well, anyway, so he did that. I I, I don't remember seeing it. So anyway, so that is the band. And this band, uh, one thing that they do very well is Tom Petty covers. (laughs) I'm all for it. Who knew? Yeah. But they do. My and that's why I listened to a lot of Tom Petty growing up, so I'm a big fan, so I'm a little disappointed. I probably would have sang along to every single song. And that's that why played. and that's why I opened this bit, this section of, of the episode with uh their cover of You Wrecked Me. That is the name of the t- the song, right? Yeah. You wrecked me, baby. Now here's the question. Is that just kind of what they do, or do they do it specifically because this was a hollow Well, Queen this band? is what I'm not entirely sure yeah. of. Yeah. Did they do uh, any other covers? They only did Tom Petty covers. Mm. This so is I'd what imagine it's a mixture of the two. Right. Now they have original <laughs> material, but I uh. think they're very good with Tom Petty covers. It was almost Okay. I'll get to that. But my point is is that he the first song he did was an original and I was like, Oh, he kinda sounds like Tom Petty. Get out, really. Yeah. And then he actually did it. To, I was, this is a Tom Petty song. <laughs> he does it really well. Yeah. He does it really well. Sound like him too. Oh my wise. God! That's yes, pretty, you close your eyes. You close your eyes, and it literally sounds like Tom Petty. He's really, really good at it. See, that's interesting. We're hearing a lot of bands that are coming out with vocals that sound like some classic ones. He you got was, Greta Van yeah. Fleet, and then this other band that I haven't really spoken to you yet. Dirty Honey, I swear to God, the sound, the guy sounds like a kind of more rock and roll version yeah. of Axl Rose. Who does? Like less gr- it's this band called Dirty Honey. Oh, okay. I'll introduce you to them sometime. But now it's like three bands that I'm hearing about that are new with these vocalists that sound like these classic guys. So I don't know. It's like a... I don't know. I don't, I don't, make it a comeback, I don't know say? because I, don't know I have to be honest. Say, yeah. I, I don't know that the, his original sounded like Tom Petty esque songs, uh-huh. where Greta Van Fleet songs sound like passable Zeppelin songs. Well, the voice is what you're getting at. But I mean, is, is his voice, how close is his voice to Tom it's Petty? It's pretty close to it. Yeah. But I would say, like with Greta Van Fleet, to me, those sound like they could be Zeppelin songs. The songs this guy was singing originals did not sound like songs that Tom Petty would sing. It sounded like Tom Petty singing someone else's song. Oh, okay. So that was the difference. Uh, But like as to whether this is what he usually does or if he did it because of the context of this of this being Halloween, I am not sure. Uh, Anyway, um, again, he launches in and I can hear his voice very well. Uh, The sound. Yeah. And actually, you want to know something else? Not only not only could I hear him well, the actual overall volume, it was like it was tailored to me. Usually. They, the 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 sound is like not to sound like the guy from Back to the Future, but just too darn loud. I absolutely did not need protection for this Ooh, encounter. Naughty. Because the sound was very clean. Oh, okay. Trustworthy. Showed so, you its papers beforehand. So, you know, I took out the tip. And then I took him out all the way for a little while. It's good to protect yourself just to be on the safe right, side. Right. But you never know. I didn't really feel like I needed it. I felt like this was a, an encounter I could trust. Um, so a, it was it was a gentlemanly n- band, if you will. It, it really was. Well, the v- I would really like attribute the venue to being a gentlemanly. Right. Actually, actually good mixing. Blowing for my hmm. ears out. They actually do a very good job with their sound mixing. So just know that if you go to Webster Hall, like. That's something that you can count on. Anyway, so he did this Tom Petty cover of You Rack Me, which is what I played. My God, it was so good. 
Mm. It was so good. I so got into it. I almost was like, oh, I kind of wish there were older people in the crowd. There really weren't. I don't think I saw. Out of it. I don't yeah. think I saw anybody who looked like over thirty-five. I'm a little surprised by that. That nobody's parents wanted to go see this band do Queen. I know. You know what I mean? I know. I was really surprised. I literally did not. I don't remember seeing a single person who looked like they were over 35. And I was like, what a shame because people will be so much more. I, I know you're into classic rock, but that's not right. tip, very typical, I don't think, for people in their 20s. Um, Depends on what genres they're into. Right. But I, I just feel like you know a lot more about classic rock than your average, like, can I say your age? I guess. The, sure. The average 27-year-old. Cool. Um, so you would have appreciated it, but I felt like the people around me, like we know the songs, but it wasn't like they were going like, um, crazy Mm -hmm. anyway. So, um, it was, uh, sorry about, about those dings guys that, that was totally my mistake. Miss popularity over here. Uh, that, no, that, that's absolutely like uh, no one texts me ever, but when I'm recording it's here, they come. Okay. Apologies for that. Uh, anyway. So then after that, uh, he goes into uh, this song, Lonesome and Blue, mm. which was an original song. This sounded sort of like a classic Elvis song in a way. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like, you know those Elvis songs that are like one part classic country, one part mariachi? Yeah, right, You know right, what I mean? Right, it's right. like, da, 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 da. It's like, rah, you know, first I was like, Patsy Cline, I was like, oh, there's almost like a mariachi feeling to it. Uh, I really like that. So that was an original that they played. That was good. And I think I got a clip of that, but I'll at least a little bit of it that I'll be playing before. And then a, so- uh, a Tom Petty song that I don't know as well, The Waiting. The uh, Waiting is the hardest part. Yes, that's the one. Part. Told you I know me some Tom Petty. That yeah. was that was, that was uh, the one. That now was I'm a little more disappointed I missed the show. Though. Yeah, I'm sorry, but... No, it's all right. If you'll indulge me at the end of this, I'll explain my weekend a little bit after... Uh, we talked about the uh, show, but. Yeah, yeah, you would have enjoyed You would have enjoyed, enjoyed this. Then they played this song, a uh, song called, and again, I know the name of the song because the vocal mix was good. Uh, Mushroom Soup, I think. Down. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, let's say I, I might know the name of the song. I'm pretty sure it was Mushroom Soup. No, this is a Zach Jones original. This is a happy little tune. Uh, but again, while he's singing... Ah, I see there's a song on here called Mushroom Suit. Suit. There you oh, go. Oh, shoot. Yep. Okay. Mushroom Suit. Mushroom Suit. Uh, you it. Ha- happy little tune. Uh, anyway, this song was sort of like... I mean, he does sort of sound like Tom Petty, but let me put it this way. If Tom Petty and Ben Folds bred, it would be... Oh, like yeah. That's this Jones. guy? Yeah. Pretty much. Um, okay. So, um, it was... It was nice to hear um, because it was nice to know that he can do other things besides uh, Tom Petty. Mm. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Not just a Tom Petty cover band. Uh, uh, band. Uh, right, right, which he does a good job at. But I was like, okay, what, el- what else you got? And then he enters the band, which I just, you know, I went over in the beginning. Um, oh, and then he did American Girl. I think that's how Classic, he... Classic, yep. Yeah, and he did it very well. So this was a short set. It was only a half hour, but I get it because Jukebox the Ghost has two sets sure. to do. I would say overall, this was a good opener for this band. It was mm. an appropriate opener. The whole cover thing, not so original. 
so many Tom Petty covers, and that would normally deduct points for me, but because of the nature of this headliner show, yeah. again, half of it is Queen covers. Right. I'm making an I exception. I feel like that's the point. I'm going to yeah. assume that he did what he did because of the jukebox, the ghost thing, but I would really like to hear more of what uh, Zach Jones and the tricky bits, I keep wanting to say the naughty bits, or mm. like the nifty, Freudian of you. or the nifty bits. I don't know why. I don't know what the nifty is about. Um, but as the tricky bits, I would like to hear more of what they do originally. So they're definitely my radar. Um, we have followed them on Instagram, and, and I would like to s- to see more of their shows. All right, uh, then. keep your eyes peeled. I'm curious myself. So yeah, the the heavy the heavy Tom Petty covers. Uh, I will back down on that one. I uh. will. I will back down. Okay. Um. So. Uh, that set wrapped up. It was really nice. It was like the perfect thing to get us hyped up. And now there's more of these sort of like spooky Halloween songs playing while there's a transition going on. And we're getting set up for Jukebox the Ghost. Do you want to get into them and who's in the band and the kind of music they play and blah, 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 where they're from? Sure. Jukebox the Ghost, uh, three-piece power pop band from Washington, D.C. So for those that don't know power pop, it's sort of like an indie kind of style of pop music where it's really, really upbeat. Uh, it's got that, it's got sort of those poppy vibes to it, but it's still got the indie more rock feel to where it's not just totally three chords and, and a, a big chorus uh, to it. And specifically with, uh, so if you're going to talk like a power pop band, you want to think more like um, Walk the Moon or, you know, some of the the less terrible Imagine Dragon songs are, are more power pop. Um, but the other thing that, they, that they're focused on is they're a very piano-heavy band. So that's another thing that they're quite famous for. So if you're big into pianos, this is definitely a band for you. The band is a trio consisting oh, of... Oh, wait, when you're talking about that genre... Don't forget about those Beach Boy ass harmonies. Oh, there's a lot oh of that's that. another one. Yes, that's a huge yeah. part. It's super. Yeah. This is super catchy stuff. Right. This is stuff that really could. I mean, it's called power pop. Pop for is sure for popular. Yeah. This stuff really could be mainstream. Um, as to why it's not, I almost think it's because it is such a throwback to a prior time when this music right. was like very much a hit right. on the radio. Um. You know, like when the Beach Boys were big and that sort of thing. Like the Beach Boys were like kind of like precursors to all this. Or like a song like uh, like Cheap Trick Mm -hmm. is like considered. Definitely, definitely. You know, that kind of because it's just like. Yeah, that's like, "Ah," you know, those harmonies and whatever in your face. That being said, why is Jukebox the Ghost not at the level of, say, maybe not like, uh, you know, Maroon 5 or something. But why are they not as popular as like Ben Folds? There is a philosophy on that and we are going to talk about it later on in this show Uh, but i will tell you this music is highly accessible uh it's not complicated uh it almost sounds like musical theater at times and i have to be honest i'm surprised that you like it this this just doesn't seem like a, a, a sound that you would go for well, you know, how much do I love uh, Florence and the Machines? And she sounds like she's belting on Broadway the entire time. You know, there's that little bit of kitschiness that still kind of appeals to me. I did do theater in high school. You know what I mean? There's still Because there is a me. kitsch. Florence and the Machine is not kitschy. Not kitschy, but her vocal is very much Broadway She belts. Belting, but this, but yeah. this kind of music is like. It's, it's kitschy. It's a little bit like that. For it literally sure. could be like a jukebox musical. Yeah, well, no that's kind of how they drew me in. You know, they take it so sincerely. It doesn't look like they're doing it to be cheesy or whatever. It's just the kind of music they like, you know. What if they had made the top 40? Would you still like them? 
if it's a good song, there's plenty of music that's made the top 40. I'm still a big Foss of the People fan, and they had pumped up kicks. You know what I mean? I'm not the kind of person that says just because a song or a band gets popular, then they're suddenly pop. Pop is a genre of music. It's not what's popular. I'm never going to call the Black Keys pop, even though Gold gold on the Ceiling reached, what, like, top 20 or something like that? I don't follow the pop charts. This enough, is even way popular than Bastille. Right. Like, this is, like, the poppiest of pop bands. It's about as pop, but it's like I still, I still like Matt and Kim. I still like Haim. You know what I mean? Those I still think they have more of an indie bands. sound. Like, those, 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 I don't know. Those, uh... Musicians don't seem to like translate to musical theater to me. I mean, it's just so glee. At yeah, times. I don't know. There's a, there's some fun to that though, and I enjoy it. Yeah. I was just surprised that this would, that you would like it. But I, I have what could be called a diverse musical taste. How's that I, for you? I learn things all the uh, time. But uh, anyway, the band members. Yes, go on. <laughs> before it was interrupted. Well, there. I wanted I wanted to make sure that we hit that point about yeah. the harmonies because that's a very important True. aspect of it. And uh, to hit the point on the band members, we have Ben Tom Tom Will, uh, vocals and piano. So and again, this is a very piano focused band. So he's sort of the front man there. Uh, Tommy Siegel, uh, vocals and guitar, and also Jesse Kristen on the drums. And I know they often tour with touring uh, musicians. I don't know if they did that for this one or was it just the trio. I'd assume there's more because they were doing Queen. Just the three of them. Really? Yep. So they left out the bassist then, huh? Yeah. That No, that's rough. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like I heard it. Maybe it was on the tracks or something. Yeah, they probably they probably cycled it in. Uh, okay, so from the second these guys stepped on, um, I remember thinking from the get-go, how is this band not mainstream? Like, how is this band not at the level of the freaking Jonas Brothers or something? All the trappings are there. They are easy on the eyes. They are easy on the ears. They are not controversial. They are not complicated. Um, they're very normal looking. Usually when you have a band like this and they're not popular, it's like, oh, because the lead singer is, you know, he's ugly. Or they act socially awkward and weird. Like there's some Jack White weirdness going on or what, you know what I mean? Mm. Or the music gets, goes off into weird tangents. Like, you know, a band like, uh, oh, I don't know. Ben Folds tends to go off on tangents mm. a little bit. Um, not crazy. I guess that's maybe not the best example, but it's like the closest tangent type. Like, like why isn't this band like, Listen. oh, I, I have an example. Why is this band not as big as the Bare Naked Ladies? Why like isn't this band is not as big as fun used to be? Oh, well, I'm talking like big, big, like Bare Naked Ladies. Like this is well, a. OK, I mean, I would I would big. put them. Uh, OK. All right. Sure. Big. I didn't think. Why right. are they not? And and I was thinking to myself, it really doesn't make sense. Um, they're accessible and they're fun and they're sing along. And then I was like, maybe they just want too much creative control. I don't know. Well, here's what happened. Later on, oh, you know what? I'm going to save this story for the end because it relates to something that happened later on. But don't let me forget to tell you what I someone no told promises. me. All right, then I'm going to have to make a note all the way down yep. here at the bottom as, the as to why. Because I got a very great theory as to why they're not um, – why they're not mainstream, why they're not on the radio and all that. And it, and it actually does make sense. Okay. So, uh, I was getting into, right. Okay. So 
Good stage design, like I said, the string lights, the two big blow-up jack-o'-lanterns, and some corny-ass battery-operated waxy candles on this piano. The thing they opened up with was the Stranger Things theme, which Get is great. Get out. It's just I tracking know. you along, huh? It was like, yeah! You know what's yeah. funny? It's like a bunch of EDM shows I've seen coming up that this have all played it, too. So this is definitely the season of the Stranger Things I theme. That's going to be played it. for a very long time in October's of, of yesteryear. Fabulous. No complaints. But it was so funny because they played. And then you heard. Okay, this is how it went. Oh, really? And then it cut. And then Ben goes. That that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> 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 so what I just sang was a snippet of the theme song from Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh-huh. which has nothing to do with Halloween. Uh-huh. I don't know why they have it, but so whatever. They like they took. Kind of hope that actually wasn't supposed to happen. That almost makes it funnier. It was so uh-huh. funny. He looked so embarrassed. It was so cute. Um. Anyway, so then they they popped into something else, and goddamn, if I can't remember what it was, I want to say it was a theme to Halloween, but I don't think so. But I, what I can tell you is the drummer came out in a uh, Michael Myers mask and uh. like fake like slash the guitar player, or whatever. It's just a silly thing that they did at the beginning. He's he's got the thing on his head or whatever. And he takes the mask off, and this is I've never seen this band in person, so this was my first look at this guy. So you had this. What, but what's Ben's last name again? Uh, was that Thorn Thornwell? Yeah, ben, Thornwell. Ben Thornwell, yeah, gorgeous Probably man. That wrong. Guitarist, and the guitarist's name is Tommy Siegel. Tommy Siegel. Oh, we have this, Jesse guy like, this guy looks like this guy looks like a gorgeous like surfer dude. And then the drummer takes his mask off, and of course he's. I was like, this is unfair. How, <laughs> oh, yeah, really? I mean, I, this is unfair. <laughs> There's got to be one funny looking one, and there wasn't. <laughs> there literally wasn't. Like even the Backstreet Boys have a f- even even New Kids on the Block had a funny looking one. Mm. I would say Danny. Don't look at me for that. I'm not judging the New Kids. On okay, the, block the Jonas Brothers looks. had a funny looking one. The Backstreet Boys had a fu- they all got a funny looking one. Okay, well these guys don't. And they don't. Yeah. And it's r- not right. Thus, they're a better band. So there you go. It it was crazy, and it just made me wonder more. Like, how are they not super famous just by looking like that alone? Anyway, so they had a strong opening with their song Hollywood. Uh, nice, happy little tune. You're going to hear me say happy little tune a lot. I'm just going to say that because that pretty much yeah. s- sum- the summarizes. The genre is power pop. So, yeah, this you is know, not complicated stuff. That. This is happy stuff. It feels good. Um, it doesn't mean all the sounds songs sound the same, but they all have the same kind of feel. The floor was actually bouncing, so mm-hmm. that was fun. Uh, then they went into Girl, uh, another fan favorite. Oh, I should add that, like, Hollywood sounds like something that you might hear a, a, in, a, in a musical. Mm. Uh, then they went into Girl, which is another uh, fan favorite. Um, really enjoyed that one. Um, and then a song called Diane. This one had pretty harmonies in this mm. one uh, now and then. Um, you know, that's one of my favorite things about uh, the power pop genre is, is when they uh, really go all out on those harmonies um i felt like maybe they were like holding back a little bit from what i've heard about their shows in the past but i can understand that they kind of needed to save their energy for a second set that was coming that required a ton of it so Mm -hmm. i let it go um on diane the guitarist took the vocals on this uh 
and now I'm like like watching all this and now I'm really like how is this band indie like how is it possible of course <laughs> uh listen and they're and not only am, are they good looking and accessible but they're really talented now this th- this piano player uh Ben Th- uh, Thornton say it again yes it, he's he's not he's no Ben Folds on the piano but who is he's solid he is solidly good mm. uh and he's far better looking than Ben Folds which shouldn't matter but, but it, it helps, helps. And he's a better singer than Ben Folds, quite honestly, in my opinion. I'll give him he that. He does have a good voice. I actually really like his stuff. Yeah, no. he, he does. His vocal so I'm thinking, I just, I don't understand this indie thing. Um, the guitarists and drummer, I, I, they're not exceptional musicians, but they're, they're solid. They're competent. Mm. Okay. Uh, then they did uh, a song called Hold It In. I enjoyed that one. Again, another happy little tune. The greatest hits album could for Jukebox to go could really be called Happy Little Tunes. Yeah, right, That's right. what they do. They do happy little tunes that make you feel good. Uh, and I do not mean that in a derogatory, trivializing way. That That's what they are. This is the kind of band where if, if it was your son in this band, you could be just like unobjectively, you could be like objectively proud. Like right. there's no controversy. That's my boy. Yeah. You know, just singing just the song. Just making people happy. Just making, making people music feel good. Make people move. You know what I'm like saying? Em. Like for my parents, it would be the next best thing after me performing for you know children, mm. being a wiggle or something. My parents <laughs> oh, would love for me to be in a a, a clean G-rated band like this. Like very very uh, uh, clean band. No, nothing untoward here. Nothing racy. Nothing to have a word with him about. Mm. Uh, then um, they did uh, Jump Started, which uh, is a sh- song that really does showcase Ben's voice. Uh, that's a good one. Um, and then they played a song called Long Way Home. Again, you know what? Just a nice song. I guess you don't play it in concert very often or haven't lately. And they kind of mm. dusted it off and brought it back out as to what album that one is off of. 2015 album uh, yeah. self-titled Jukebox the Ghost but it's actually the third one okay so it's it's not played as often then they played uh, Everybody's Lonely I love this song I love this song mm. I'm going to be playing this song underneath and this is where I start to actually see some similarities with Queen in this song and I can see Queen being an influence for this band and I can see why they're going to cover them later but again this is a toned down band like they would never dare to do their own bohemian rhapsody they're just nothing like that they don't even come on they're just they're just not that but you know to even attempt such a thing you know Axl Rose at least tried with November Rain you know what I'm saying yeah tried (laughs) but you know what I'm saying like like bands will try these epic things and sometimes they fail I can't imagine this band ever doing that it's just kind of like you know, no, we're not going to do, you know, ollies down down the uh, side of a staircase on, on, on the um, um, handrail. We're, we're just we're just going to coast easy here, and that's what works. It's fine. He really does have a fantastic voice, oh, yeah. I will say. Uh, and then we had Somebody, again, a, f- a fun song. I feel like I'm being repetitive. Uh, but I, I, just, I just don't have a ton to say about these, individu- these songs individually. I mean, they just don't really... It's not that they all sound the same, but they all have such a similar feel that mm. it's not like one moment. Nothing really took you out of the moment. Not really. To a different one. Really, it's just they have. Listen, they do what they do, and they have their aesthetic, and it feels good, and it's you don't have to think very hard, and uh, and that's okay. It's mm. just good music. Oh, my hands were freezing at this point. I have that note. It's so cold. Webster Hall, turn up the heat. Um, then they did a song called The Stars. That one didn't stand out to me at all, honestly. 
Then they played my favorite song, which is Fred Astaire. Oh, mm. that's a great one. You and everybody else. I don't know why I love that song so much. It's fun. Because it, it's it's that it has yeah. it has those class when everything that, the things that I love about power pop, like those sort of like strong harmonies and stuff mm. where you're being like practically yelled at with like a wall of harmony. Yeah, and the big like, anthemic kind of chorus. Yeah, like the and Who everything. used to be like, Can't yeah. explain. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's just like you know what I mean? There's a lot of that in there. And I just kind of like it thematically. Yeah. You know, it's it's about a couple in love. And she calls him Fred Astaire, which, you yeah, know, Yeah, it's would cute. They got a lot of, like, cute songs like that. You know, Girl right. was the big hit off the album before, and Fred Astaire is the big hit off this one. Although, I got to say, I don't. Th- I think you specifically said they never played that song Postcard, right? No. That's such a shame. That is actually by far my favorite song by them, even though it's not a more popular one. Okay. And that's another one where it's just like a cute little kind of story they got for it. You the, know what I mean? That's the thing. These songs have cute stories. Yeah. It's got like an almost story of like somebody who's just, you know, you moved on, but you sent a postcard, so we, we still connect. But it's like I had this bigger idea Oh, for I know all that song. Such a good song, yeah, too. I'm yeah, I'm surprised you didn't play it, actually. And, um, I know, you know what song you're talking but, about. But hey, they got, what, four albums out? This is something, folks, I, I've kind of mentioned. I might have mentioned it before. Sometimes you'll see a band. And you really like them, they can't always play the song that you want to hear, you know. But Which I actually think about. I'm surprised because I feel like that one has a ton of hits on Spotify. I would think I certainly love it, but yeah, you know what are you gonna do? It's not um, in their top five. I say as I'm looking at Spotify right now. So so yeah, I mean that one didn't get covered for whatever reason. But you know what? I was I was pretty happy with their set list. I mean they did how they did, and uh, yeah, you know I was so kind of caught up. It, it is a little bit hard, like I said. It's not an excuse, but when I am covering a concert and I know I have to like get these audio recordings and get these, you know, Instagram recordings, it's it can I can lose a bit of sure. The first thing that I end up losing is lyrics, really, because that's the thing. Even with a good vocal mix, like when you've got, you know, the 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 drum and the and the piano really turned up, which they did. Um, you do kind of have to be paying attention to hear those individual lyrics, and I wasn't able to do that, but the parts that I were able to extract, especially the songs I was familiar with, I was like, yeah, I I do. I love these cute little stories about love that they tell. Um, And uh, almost, almost as if it's like they had an inside joke with someone, and now they're sharing it with everybody else to sort of understand in a way that's, relatable mm. you know what i mean well though if i'm playing fred astaire is the outro how about that oh definitely mm-hmm. okay definitely um but yeah like just like oh with everybody's lonely like he explained that one I'm, I'm, I'm kind of rewinding here but it was just like it's true like everybody feels that has way your moments sure at yeah, some point yeah. you know this the song this stuff is like it's far more universal. Everybody can get. That's the word yeah, I'm looking get for. for it, you know, universal. They're themes. not a controversial band. They're just nice and they're fun. Right. They're not going to sing about something political. They're not going to sing about something obscure. Like their themes. It's it's pretty universally thematic in terms of like, oh yeah. I mean, I, I've I've felt that way before, in one way or another. Mm. And I think that that's why they're uh, as popular as they are. It's just something that you can be like, yeah, yeah. That's been my experience. So, uh, yeah, the, and the Fred Astaire thing is, well, if you haven't experienced something like that, it's something we all aspire to, that someone thinks we're that debonair. Mm. <laughs> that someone would actually compare us to, to someone like that. Okay, well, then that was, so that was their set, and I was like, great. Uh, and then there was the intermission, which was a costume contest. 
Um, and that uh, what's his name? Zach Jones kind of kind of ran that show. Oh, isn't Apparently that fun? They had picked some people out of the audience uh, with the best costumes. I was not one of them, which made sense because there was someone else dressed in my costume, except she had a Steve with her. Oh, they had the couple's costume. So, oh. yeah. He didn't even bruise his face. What a lame, lame loser. Take him in the back and just punch him up. Beat Sh- the shit I was like, him. oh, you know what? You're missing something. I can't quite. Pa- oh, I know what it is. Can't put my finger on it, so let me put my full fist yeah, on it. Yeah, I can't quite put my finger on what's missing from your uh, costume look here. So let me but put you're my not whole bitter fist anything, on it. Right? You know what? They actually didn't do that well. They uh-huh. weren't that popular. I was really surprised by what people did like. Okay, so we had them. Let's. I want to talk about these costumes because they were kind of fun. Some people were up there just had no business being up there. I, I don't know how it happened. But there were a couple of good ones. So apparently there's this guy. You probably know who this is. I don't know who this is either. Uh, some guy that's apparently on, like, Queer Eye now with long hair and a beard named Jonathan. Um, do you know who I'm talking about? Not in the slightest. Yeah, apparently everyone in the freaking audience knew who this was. And it was a woman that did it. Um, let me see if I can find him. His name is Jonathan Van Ness. Do you know who this guy is? Not in the slightest. Mm, me neither, but, like, the whole audience did, and they loved her. Basically, it was just a woman with really long brown hair and a beard just telling all you babies how wonderful you are. Apparently, okay. these are his catchphrases. I didn't really understand that, but that that, that went over very well. Uh, also, there was, uh, oh, there was a guy dressed up as a juice box, nice. the ghost. So no, he, yeah. I like that. Okay. So he was a juice box. It's one of their songs, too, is named Juice Box, Yeah, the little, str- little little straw sticking up. And, uh, yeah, he had the ghost on the back. That was pretty popular. There was a Wayne and Garth. Uh, maybe I'm just too old. That was, like, very funny to me, and it really didn't go over well. Well, okay, so one time uh, Jake, Jake Quick and I went out as uh, uh, Bill and Ted from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and absolutely nobody got it. So Damn shame. You know, been there before. They even did the We're Not Worthy. They got down on their knees in front of Zach Jones. Listen, you, yeah, you know, you know we the told thing. everybody to be excellent to each other and party hard, dude, and nobody got it, all right? I was super disappointed so. that Jonathan Van Ness got more attention than Wayne and Garth. They they were so funny. And then there was something called uh, Cat Dog. I, this is a Nickelodeon oh, show. Oh, shit. I, I know Cat Dog. Get out. So of course I do. So, yeah. So, some, one was a cat and had a sign that's a cat pointing out that uh-huh. way. And then the other dog with the airplane. Uh-huh. Okay. I guess. All right. Yeah. One half's a cat and the other half's a dog, and they're connected in the middle. And but the arrows are pointing outward. Because they were always facing the opposite directions. Because they're they're two ends of the same thing. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, they were a hit. I'm sure they were. They were a hit. Some uh, Nickelodeon nostalgia. Of I'm trying to think of what else there was. That, oh, there was the Progressive Girl, which I, I can't stand. Flow. Oh, those commercials are the worst. At all. So then there was this guy. Okay, this was kind of funny to me. It's really stupid, though. So you're was laughing at it. Because <laughs> I love puns. Uh-huh. So he was dressed as a nun, and he had a big magnifying glass. Like, he was looking for clues. Oh, God. Guess what he was? I don't know. None of your business? Nuncy Drew. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I'm out. Peace. 
I thought it was so funny. I didn't think it was the best costume, but I thought it was oh, really damn funny. I thought that it was, you get points for cleverness. It was so clever. It was better than Cat Dog. I'm sorry. That was just. Oh no, you just don't understand that. I have to look at the the picture of it, but Cat Dog's pretty good if they can pull it off. I mean, they look like two girls kind of dressed like a cat and a dog. I'm sorry, none see drew. Yellow and purple. You, they had the. Th- they were yellow. Both, okay, well that's that's close enough. That, but that but I mean, come on, Nancy Drew, that that's very funny. Um, okay, and uh, yeah, then there was some another person that shouldn't have been up there. Okay, so here was my favorite. They had let me see, nine people, and each one represented a decade from the 1900s. That's what they were called, the 1900s. So they had mm. 1910s and then the 1920s, addressed as the flapper, 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s, all the way up to the 90s, like different outfits. And I was like, God, I can't get nine people together for brunch. How the <laughs> fuck did they get not only nine people together nine coordinated to costumes. do something on a night, but coordinate the costumes in a theme and get everyone to buy tickets to the show? It's impressive feat. Especially since that show sold out. I was like, that is so impressive. But who ultimately ended up winning was ABBA. Oh, really? Four people dressed up as ABBA. Now, they did have choreography, so give them that. Mm. But the reality was, it was like, you're just, you're like, you're ABBA. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, this band is, we like them. We're going to dress as ABBA. I personally thought that. I mean, the isn't that exactly what Jukebox the Ghost was doing? Mm. But these people weren't singing. <laughs> they weren't performing. They, they were did a little dance. They did a little dance. I know, but listen. At the end of the day, it's like the the. You're idea just mad that Nancy Drew lost. No, I'm mad that the the no Nancy Drew was pretty funny. But I would say I would give that the funniest costume. But the, I felt the most clever costume, and therefore the best, was the 1900s because, uh they actually brought a concept to life. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like, let's find four sort of identical outfits in white and gold. Like, I'm sorry. I just, I really thought that was super cool, and I totally thought they got robbed. Uh, and and I'll, I have a story about that after. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, whatever. Ah, uh, but listen, they, they did have good costumes. I will give them that. And they did have little choreographed dance moves, which I would be, I was so jealous. I was like, I want a friend group like this. I mean, dress up and Group thing. This one's gonna Sorry be. Sorry, we're not fucking nerdy enough for you. Jesus. Only Captain America for the next ten years. Yeah, well, that's kind of decided for me. So I point. have to wear a superhero costume if I'm gonna be part of that group. Oh darn. No, but I don't even like Captain America's counterpart. She's just a lady in like a white mini skirt, right? Well, it depends on. Whatever you're going oh with. Oh, my God. I mean, you get Calls me a nerd. Types of <laughs> Calls me a nerd. Captain America story. Are we talking uh, Agent 13 here? Are we oh, talking classic Agent Sharon Carter? Like, where are we going for here? So, as you can Agent see. Agent 13 is actually sort of like a white jumpsuit. Somewhat limiting. And even then, it'd just be me and James. And, uh, yeah, I'm thinking of the white jumpsuit. It'd just be me and James and, and then just other people and random things. I, I, I just always thought it'd be really neat to have like a very like coordinated effort with like choreography and whatever, but whatever a girl can dream. Nerd. Uh, shut up. All right. So anyway, the costume contest ends and uh, Ava wins. Good for them. And then we get into the queen set. And this was really fun. This is really fun. Do you want to intro that with something? Yeah. 
Uh, I'm introing that one with what did I say? I girls, you make the yes. rock and you world know go round. I'm introing it with that because uh, as we're leading out from Zach Jones. Zach Jones was brought back on stage to sing along to add extra harmonies to that song. Love it. And it was great. They really did a great job of that, but we'll get to that song. They kicked off with Somebody to Love, and yes, he did hit the notes, ladies and gentlemen. Stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had Good Old Fortune Lo- Lover Boy. It's a fine one. You know, it's not like my favorite Queen song, but it's, it's, it's good filler. Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Crazy Little Thing Called Love. The lead singer at that point, and I'm gonna, I couldn't understand it because I didn't feel this way watching the jukebox, the ghost set, but the lead singer at that point was like, and I don't do this. I honestly, I don't do this. Um, he was the kind of guy where if he just looked me in the eyes and was like, you want to go home with me? I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, sure, so. I, that's not a thing I do. But, wow. Mm. He was so fucking sexy <laughs> oh my god it's because he was being freddie mercury and su- secretly he just want to bang freddie mercury i don't know but it was like he was channeling the man oh my god he had on like the superman t-shirt and like the tight he did a few costume changes but i believe yeah, at freddie this mercury. point it was like the superman t-shirt and the tight white jeans and like oh he just looks so hot then he did um bicycle Someone told me that he wasn't gay, that he was actually bi. Is that true? Who are we talking about? Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. I mean, I think he was like 90% gay and like parched. Because there was that woman, I forget her name, that he's like claims is the only true love of his life. But, but was, was he, like did he ever have a sexual attraction to her, really? I think originally, like initially, like they were dating. And I thought it was just romantic. In the end, that's kind of what it was. But like not sexual i don't know but apparently someone said the song bicycle was like an allusion to his bisexuality do you think i don't know that seems like a bit of a stretch to me i thought so too because they also have a song called i'm love with i'm in love with my car and you know they just they make songs like that you know what i mean yeah they made songs like that i should say yeah okay just about transportation Or just shit like that. I don't, I don't think there's <laughs> a ton of allusion to that, to be honest. I think you're digging pretty deep I, for, I, for listen, that there. I'm not really right. digging. This is just something someone said to yeah. me, and I was curious as to what your take what was on it. I've heard that take before. They did just, Bicycle Car. Did they do Planes or Train songs? Not that I'm aware of. Huh. Okay. Maybe there's a metaphor in that. I don't know. I'm digging. Anyway, he's uh, listen. What do you think the metaphor is for Fat Bottom Girls? Not, no, that's just a straight-up anthem Oh, yeah. praise. Uh-huh. I'll get there. To the big booty girls. Ha- happen later. So why can't bicycle race just be that? Uh, oh, just a praise of bicycles? Yeah, racing bicycles. He just wants to ride his bicycle. He wants to ride his bike. I'm, listen, I, it wasn't my theory. I didn't come up with this. Um, anyway, I think it's just like a bunch of, I don't want to say the word because that will offend people, but... <clears throat> F hags just uh-huh, wanting him to be a little it, bit yeah. more straight than he is. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, listen. 25 years we, after he died. Let's get back to Ben Thornton. Right. Or maybe he's not. Oh, we're good news, everybody. The Rangers just beat the Lightnings. Go on. I want to get back to Ben Thornton. Um, he's 
pretty good looking uh, as himself. But as Freddie, again, so hot. I was starting to get a little turned on. It was weird because I wasn't turned on. By the way, it's Thornwell. 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 Yes. Okay, I'm going to need help with that name. Okay. Ben Thornwell, when he's Freddie. Good Lord. Okay. So then they did uh, Another One Bites the Dust. Now, at this point, like, I am, I'm trying to get a lot of pictures because I want something for the Instagram post. And I was like, I'm taking really good photos. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wait, no, it's not that really much as, like, Ben Thornwell understands how to. Listen, he can't pull off. The voice is good. He can't pull off the voice like Adam Lambert, the official new Freddie. Oh, sure. But in terms of channeling Freddie and in terms of, like, uh, the the movements and the body language. So the whole time, Ben is, like, striking these Freddie poses that Mm. are, like, perfect for pictures. It was like he was modeling on stage. Mm. Dude, if you ever hear this, like, kudos to you. You could fucking do a Freddie Mercury photo shoot. I'm not even kidding, because he would, like, stop and he would pose. And we, he just knew. Mm. All, like, the physicality Probably was studied it quite a bit. Perfect. Huh? They've per- done a bunch of these. They've been doing these for a couple of years, so I'm sure he's, like, kind of started to really get his moves down and start to get into it, so. Perfect, 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 perfect in terms of, like, the way that Freddie's moved and looked. Um... I thought it was just, it was, I mean, the lighting was good, but, but so much of it was just the way that he was posing. He, he, he just had it. And then we had a, uh, pretty good, uh, guitar solo, um, which, um, let's listen to that. Not bad. I'm sorry. What was his name again? The guitarist. Yeah, so bad with this uh, name. Tommy Siegel. That was probably Tommy Siegel's like crowning moment. That was that was pretty darn good. Um, then they did a uh, Radio Gaga. Great interpretation of that oh, one. Yeah. yeah, that really good, really good stuff. Um, then they did Don't Stop Me Now, which again was sort of like the feeling that I got from the song. Um, uh, everybody's lonely in that I was like oh if I didn't know that this is a Queen song this could be a Jukebox the Ghost song mm-hmm. Don't Stop Me Now mm-hmm. so that was a fun one then they did uh, Brighton Rock the guitar player is like really hamming it up then uh-huh. they're all good showmen not just the pianist like slash vocalist even the drummer they're good they're really good uh, showmen and then we had Under Pressure, which is one that I just love. I just, I'm just so good at this. It was really so funny. who uh, sang with that? It Under was just pressure. the three of them. Yeah. It wasn't like I thought they might have some sort of Yeah, like bring somebody on to do the Bowie part. Some sort of faux, faux Annie Lennox or oh, Dave yeah. Bowie. Um, but no, that didn't happen. I was hoping for it, but it didn't happen. Yeah, that would have been a bold move. I'm a little surprised by that, actually. But. I know. I was kind of hoping for that, but I was like, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, I know. Put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. I know this. Um, I love karaoke. But it was funny. Let's he go. like at a point he he uh, like he's like spoke as himself and he's like I'm just gonna drop. So he's being Freddie and he's being real sexy and he's got the British accent and everything. And then he like stops. He's like I'm just gonna break character for a moment and like thank you all for coming tonight. We love that we're able to do this and we're gonna keep doing it year after year. Super fun. And it was so funny because mm-hmm. I was like so turned on by this character. And then when he became himself, it was like, ooh. Oh really? It's like my boner was gone. 
like not after that you were just talking att- about how hot he was to begin with. He so. is, but I'm not. Attr- but just because he's aesthetically pleasing doesn't mean I'm attracted to him. Oh. There has to be something more than just being aesthetically pleasing. I'm not a man. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> you know, there has to. Be, and listen, I was talking to someone about this earlier. I was just like, you know, there are men that I do not find aesthetically pleasing, and I find super hot. Do you not experience that? Sure, I do. Because I've been I've been told that sometimes men aspects. do, where there's women that are like they would look at her in the street and not look twice, but when they talk to her or see how she presents herself on stage or something, all of a sudden it's like. Of course, talent still speaks for itself. Wow. Itself. Come on. Or even just a way We're she. Not totally animals. Or even just the way she presents herself, or like the way she talks, or you know what I'm saying, or the way she moves, even though like the faces, you know, ain't much. Yeah, I've had that. It's called the butter face. But I've also had the thing where uh, the guy is gorgeous and I don't feel anything. So it was funny because I was just like, wow, that's so crazy. And then you went back into Freddie's uh, Mercury and then my like, like my um, thermometer just like shot ther- right my back thermostat up. shot right back up. I was like, I'm so back into it. So I was like, I'm really like attracted to him being Freddie. Like, I'm just attracted to him. Uh, so just wonderful okay so then uh killer queen again really well done uh bohemian rhapsody oh word listen three guys it's going to be a little bit thin but they had help from the crowd Mm. so uh that was singing bohemian rhapsody is just fun yeah of course everybody will everybody will join you yeah it's just fun it's fun just to do like at a bar so to have three guys playing it live even though it's like yeah okay there's not as many voices as you know, the original. But it was really fun, and, and yes, he did hit that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fun fact from the original, for those who don't know, uh, every vocal track in the original recording is Freddie Mercury. That's all him. That's just, That was just his range. Wait a minute. What an what absolute about all-time great. Oh, wait, so in the part in the movie where they were recording the other guys in the vocal booth, that was all fake? You mean for the music video? No, um, in in the in the movie in the movie about Queen, like they were, they did they did. Yeah, no, that's full. Of, that whole movie's full of shit. Anyway. But that was that part not that, specifically. Not that it's a bad movie, but yeah, most was of the movie's full of so, shit. So you're saying the other guys in the band did not sing no, on that song? No, the recording's all Freddie Mercury. Every single every single vocal part in the recording. Because in the movie, they're like Rhapsody. recording vocal tracks. Mo- a lot of that movie's full of shit. I, I already know not that. Not that it's part. a bad movie. I've heard it a zillion yeah. times, and I don't care that it's full of shit. Well, that's another moment that's full of shit. But okay, that, that that that's what uh that's what I um, remember. Uh, anyway, um, okay, so yeah, so they did that and it was wonderful. Then they go away and they do the encore. Then they did Fat Bottom Girls and they brought out, like I said before, they brought out uh, Zach Jones uh, for this one and he really fleshed it out. Um, that was really, really fun. Did he, he just sing or did he play? He played guitar, yeah. too. Yeah. So it was just great. And you could tell Zach. Zach seems like a really great guy, like real fun, you know, just lighthearted and truly loves what he does. And he just seems like, pleased as punch to be up there, to, to be performing And, I mean, that. how fun of a song to play and for, like, such an all-time great band to play one of their songs, you know? I honestly think it might be... It's tough because I do love Under Pressure, but it's a toss-up between just, under, under just Pressure. Just how anthemic it is. I would have probably said that. that For would be once, my one. it's, it's like so it's good. like literally the only song. It's just such a banger, you know. It's literally the only song that expresses appreciation 
for large women, which some people like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's maybe a rock song at least. but I'm not talking about Sir Mix-a-Lot because <laughs> he did say 36, 24, 36. Uh, you know Big Girl got a 24-inch waist. Uh, so what other song really is like... Well, I'll just say it. I'm sure there's plenty of rap songs that are for it, but... Well, there is that <laughs> Prince song where it's like something about what you have for dinner. He, she's like, ribs. And he's like, you know, let's talk something about her being tight in a dress or whatever. <laughs> what, what is that song? I forget. I don't remember. Uh, but there's not enough of them. They always talk about big butts and big boobs. But in terms of a person just overall being just a larger plus side woman and, and that can be sexy... Oh, it's just such a sexy song. It's bluesy. Fantastic. And then they closed out with uh, We Are the Champions. Oh, of course. That was so much fun. Huge sing-along. Yeah. All right. Okay. Show's over. Uh, We all got to go. Then we're uh, going to get on the train or on the subway, and I run into 1950s girl. From oh the yeah. 1900s, and I said, and uh, 1960s girl, they were together, and I said, y'all got robbed. Mm-hmm. She's like, thank you. I was like, Awa was great, but you guys personified a concept, and 1960s made sure that I knew uh-huh. that uh, that was her idea that she came up with, which is totally a Marlena move. So uh-huh. I really appreciate yeah, that. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, I was like, no, good work. No, it's like she deserves the credit. So then I'm talking to these girls. About, uh, I don't understand why these guys aren't, you know, uh, mainstream, whatever. And what this one girl told me is that they used to tour with this band called Tally Hall. Mm-hmm. And Tally Hall signed with, goddamn, if I can't remember, I want to say Atlantic Records. A big name. Atlantic screwed them hard. Atlantic, like, had them tied up, oh. like, George Michael style, where they, like, weren't, like, you know, contracted, but they couldn't release shit and this and that. Band ended up breaking up because it was such a mess. And she said, Jukebox the Ghost was there for the whole time and saw this. And she thinks that they saw that and they were like, no fucking way. We would rather stay on our tiny little label. Yeah, that explains why their labels are Cherry Tree Records, Yep Rock, and Caroline Records. Because you can damn well be sure of the song like Fred Astaire especially. They can absolutely go mainstream. Yeah. And they have... Fucking good for them I believe what's going... They have consciously chosen not to because they've seen other bands that are similar to them that they respect get screwed and they don't want to go through that same thing so they would rather be where they're at. Well, fuck yeah, good for them. I'm all for it. So that's the Love theory. Love it. Stick to your guns, jukebox the ghost. Yeah, so I'm not You're so better sure than about that. that. Keep making the music that you yeah. like, that you want to make, because it's good fucking music. So I'm not so sure about, uh, you know, the, the whole bicycle bisexuality theory, but I think this theory definitely holds water. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know what? Just like my final thoughts are, you know, uh, Zach, uh, Zach Jones... Real, really good time. Jukebox to Ghost, fantastic, fun, light, happy little tune set, as I like to say, happy little tune. And then that Queen set was great. Oh, and I didn't even get into, like, because there's just so many details, but all those costume changes. At one point, he came out with the wife beater and jeans and the shades and just, like, they were switching all instruments. All classic yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. At one point, looks. At one point, Ben got on the drums, and the drummer was on vocals, and, like, you know, one time Ben played the bass. Mm. Like they were switching around instruments. Just, just really fun shit. Oh, and at one point he did the cape and the and the and the, and the crown. Oh, you know, sure. I forgot yeah. to mention that too. There was just, just so many things going on. It was just kind of like overwhelming. 
but they really know how to energize their crowd. Halloween is super fun. I don't know that I would do it year after year after year, but, you know, I could see myself going again. Um, sure, it's a great concept. Through. And if uh, honestly, even if you don't give a good goddamn about this band, if you like Queen and you want to see it done well and you don't want to pay like $150 to see Adam Lambert do it, freaking see Jukebox the Ghost do it. It's a really, really good time. Yeah, I'm not sure this will be out in time, but the next two shows are the 30th in Philadelphia and uh, Halloween night in Washington, D.C., which is their hometown. And I can't really see if they're doing anything else afterwards, so and they might be going on like a short break from touring. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's probably not going to yeah. be released by then, but um, you uh, and, and Halloween will happen in future years. Sure. You and they're going to tour more. Out. And it, yeah, if you just want like happy, feel-good music, this is right up your alley. All right. This is you. Well, first of all, let's uh, say real quick, uh, we're going to outro with, uh, what, Fred Astaire? Yes, we are. All right, so we're going to outro this with Fred Astaire, and uh, let's throw out a Twitter question real quick. So much like Jukebox the Ghost, what's another band that you think would be a lot bigger if they were actually on a major label? And not to say that they should be, because it's probably for the best that they're not, because they can t- continue to make the music that they have. But if they uh, wanted to, they could. I would say them. Matt and Kim, myself, is the one that I could think of. I think they'd be a lot bigger if they were on a major label. But other than that, uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit, at High Decibels Pod, for clips, picks, discussions, and more. Also, look for us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, and subscribe, follow, rate, and review, please. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. All the words we don't know.